I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to a special, a very, very special Homer and Hater show. No, Lance Williams, the eternal hater, is not with me. If you notice, this looks more like the Steelers preview than it does the Homer and the Hater show. But you know what? Due to it being Easter, which, by the way, happy Easter to everyone out there that might be watching or listening. We hope that you have a blessed day. And I want to make sure that it's clear that Lance's time schedules, we just didn't mesh up today. So I recruited Mr. Brian Anthony Davis and Deputy Dave Schofield to join me. Brian, what's going on? Well, I say uh, Dave jumps in the hater role. And so both Homer, hater, and Holly. (laughs) <laughs> deputy dave what's up i didn't realize you were that much of a homer there brian <laughs> <laughs> you're calling you're calling jeff hot wow <laughs> oh I, I was just going with you know based on my choices you know yeah. you, you know how we say you know never mind i'm not gonna go there Slim um hey it's 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 a lovely day it's lots of great family time so far today but i thought i'd just take a little bit of a break with that to have some time with my Steeler family Absolutely. It's not going to be a long show. We're just going to get right to it. And we're going to talk about, um, you know, what's going to be happening here with Matt Filer in the offensive line. But before we get to that, Brian Anthony Davis has a he wants to make an announcement about what's coming up on his show, the Steelers Q&A. Brian, why don't you go ahead and do that now? So uh, mock drafts coming up because the draft is less than two weeks away. Uh, we're looking at uh, Thursday, the 23rd. So uh, we want to get started with our mock drafts. Last year, Dave, Tony and I on the Steelers hangover decided to do our own mock drafts and we all had mock drafts and we uh, did them all. So now we're going to do them with, um, you know, every uh, fifth pick that we'll go ahead and go. So uh, Dave's not going to be in it this year, uh, most likely, but we have recruited some others and uh, we'll be doing that tomorrow, but that's not the exciting one that I'm talking about. It's the one right before the draft on the Monday Q and a right before the draft. It's all of you in the live chat, getting a chance to draft. So we uh, posted the uh, email address yesterday, and we're going to post it again today. It is bad8889 at gmail.com. If you want to be a GM, and we're going to pick you out of a hat, 1 to 32, there's going to be 26 or so teams because six teams don't have number one draft picks. We'll also end up doing one for the Steelers at 49 as well. So if you do want to get involved in this, um, there's no cost. It's just for fun. We already have seven names already um, signed up. We've got Mark, Gyro, Wes, Jesse, Shield91, Braden, and Mark Davison Brian, from Down Under. Are you sure that's not the same address you gave yesterday? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I screwed that up. Or is guys. it B.A. Davis? It's B.A. Davis. <laughs> oh, that's my fault. <laughs> so, no, uh, he, no, he said B, he said B.A.D. So uh, okay. I, was, I was listening. And well, he screwed to it up yesterday that. too, the first time. So, so if you do <laughs> want to get involved, that, that's <laughs> perfect. I see. That's why I shouldn't be drafting. If you want to get involved, we'll put you on the list, and we'll we'll let you know a couple days before the draft who your team is going to be. We've already had a request. Uh, somebody does not want to be the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> 
we already have had that request. But um, as far as everything else goes, pick it out of a hat and you get the opportunity to be the GM. You'll have uh, one minute to draft and pick your player at that spot. Once that player is gone, he's gone. So uh, just like in the pros, it'll be fun and it'll be all us getting together and drafting online. There you go. Should be a good time. So there's the email address. That's the correct one. Davis 8889 at gmail.com. Send him an email if you want in. And I would suggest if you don't get 32, just do a snake. You know, like you yeah. in fantasy, just, hey, you're going to be picking first, second, whatever, and just rotate through. It should be a good time. And I do want to mention that right now on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, I posted a uh, draft simulator, which I do this every year, and I'll probably do it again uh, next weekend as well. It's just something that's fun to, to fill the time. Basically, you go on to, we use the draft network this year, and it's just a simulator where the picks fly off the board, and you have to make the pick for your team, and then you post your seven rounds or for the Steelers, all their picks. Um, in the comment section, you can debate, see how things pan out. Dave, you got to try that, didn't you? Yes, I did. I've done it. Well, I did it once and then I, I hit the wrong player and I had to start over and then didn't get the first team first round <laughs> player. But I actually got, got it's crazy because I, I realized it doesn't run it the same way every time. So you can do it again and again and mm -hmm. it'll be a different, a different scenario. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So check that out and behind the steel curtain.com should be your, should be your one-stop shop for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs, but let's get to the crux of this episode. And that is Matt Filer. I got to be honest. We have a a long we have a group text between all three of us and lance williams and the, yesterday morning lance was in a mood and sometimes he can be the, he he can be the agitator if you haven't figured that out yet he knows when to dig he knows when to turn that knife you know a little bit more and he started getting mr dave schofield a little a little upset i think dave was getting fired up a little bit and i wasn't helping i'll be honest i wasn't helping either no you weren't <laughs> <laughs> but this is all based. You, just, you made on, it seem like I had no idea what I was talking about. No, I never said that at all. Line. I never said that at all. I did talk about my eighth grade football season, but I didn't say that yes, at all. You did. Now, <laughs> we'll there is later. a rumor that there's a new hole in the Schofield wall, and one of the pets, Schofield pets, has a limp. <laughs> That's just what I've heard. <laughs> so let's get down to the nitty gritty and what we were debating, and it was all about Matt Filer. Now, Lance used an article from Jim Wexel from Steel City Insider, which stated that the plan as of right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers is to take Matt Filer, who was by pro football focuses grades, the best Steelers offensive lineman at right tackle and moving him to left guard to fill the spot from Ramon Foster. A lot of people might say, well, why would they do that when they pick up Wisniewski? They say he's a good guard. And then that opens up a hole at right tackle. We can go a million different ways with this. We can talk about this upcoming draft class being super heavy with tackles. We could talk about making two moves instead of just one. We could go in a different, a bunch of different ways. Before we go down any of those rabbit holes, Dave, I want to give you a chance first to <laughs> defend your take, which was this is a good decision, them moving Filer to guard. Go. No, I'm not saying it's a good decision. I'm saying it's not a surprising decision because ultimately Matt Filer was a guard. Matt Filer, a lot of people feel, is a guard. They moved him to tackle in order to get their best five offensive linemen on the field. It was when Marcus Gilbert was injured two years ago. He's the one who filled in a tackle. He was really their backup guard. The whole reason they used him as the reserve is because he was so versatile to play multiple positions. So Gilbert goes down, Filer fills in, does great. He wins the job for 2019 without barely playing tackle in the preseason at all. Cause where did they have him playing 
guard. They had him playing guard through the whole preseason, although they knew that he was probably going to be the starting tackle. He is very good at both. Guard was his original position. Moving him back there isn't crazy. It's not a massive move. It's not a big deal. But what my ultimate point was, whether you play him at guard or at tackle, it doesn't matter because what it's really going to allow you to do is to get your best five guys on the field. I'm not surprised if they would say Chooks is the starter first, rather, you know, as a third round pick, rather than the new guy that they just signed. Do I think that that's going to be the case week one? Honestly, I don't. I think it's going to end up being the other way around. But the whole notion of Matt Filer having to be a tackle because he played there last year and did well doesn't mean that he doesn't do well somewhere else because he did play one game last year at guard. They specifically moved him to take on Aaron Donald, and he had a pretty good game. Now, with that scenario of Fowler going to guard, and I'm not doubting Dave and his knowledge of the offensive <laughs> line. He played it, he coached it. I'm not questioning that at all. But I do know that Mr. Bad Exotic, the Stiller King, is a card-carrying member of the Chooks of for fan club. I think he might actually be a founding <laughs> member of that fan club. So he loves him some Chooks. Brian, why do you hate this guy so much? You and Lance, <laughs> you fit the hater role right now because you and Lance, for some reason, this guy hasn't even had a real legitimate shot playing in an offensive line with starters other than a few occasions. And on those few occasions, before you spout off, would you not say that on the few occasions that he has started in a regular season game, he has played well? Absolutely, he has. He has. But when I so watched So what are you hating him, on the guy for? He every time him. I watch Because him he's terrible in preseason. <laughs> Dave just stole my answer. Uh, <laughs> no, Mom, Dave's talking over me. Um, so, you know what? And Ryan O'Toole just said Lance hates everyone. That's really funny. Uh, well, that's so, also true. So here's here's the thing. I just, and I said this yesterday on the show with Lance, when they drafted him in with the second and third round pick in uh, 2018, I believe it was, was it 18 or 17? 18. When they drafted him, they drafted him and the title on there, the uh, title they, they put on him was he's a project. Same project label they put on Artie Burns, same project label they put on Zach Gentry. And I hate the phrase, anyone that you put project on, you know they're going to suck. Every time I see him in preseason, he kind of sucks. In <laughs> fact, I did make the comment. And only reason I jumped in yesterday because um, I was playing solitaire and I was doing something else and I kept on hearing bing, 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 so bing. You're very good. You're very As you guys were just like going at each other. I'm like, you guys are ruining my hand here. So I had to try to kill the thread because I'm known as the thread killer every once in a while. So I figured I'd say something bizarre to kill the thread. And what happened was it kind of backfired on me because I, I just wrote, if Chooks was an IUD, we'd all be pregnant. That's all I said because he's not going to protect anything. So that that uh when lance heard that he was like yeah i've got someone on my side so he recruited me for the show and then, <laughs> and then now <laughs> now i'm a hater too <laughs> so but anyways you know if, if he plays well in the regular season i'm cool with that but my eye test or what i call the bride test is basically when i see him someone's flying past him and i don't like his footwork but i was i felt the same way about marcus gilbert and the other night on the show, I helped along with you guys praise Marcus Gilbert as being the best right tackle this decade for the Steelers. Maybe it just takes me a while to adapt to some of these guys. But for Chooks right now, everything I've seen, I'm not impressed yet. I, I guess maybe it's because I don't put a lot of credence in the preseason. You know, for me, the preseason is just, it, 
there's a lot of guys and I've coached long enough that I had players that in exhibition games and scrimmages, they never went all out because they knew it didn't mean anything. Now that doesn't mean that Chooks was just coasting out there in these preseason games, but at the same time, when he's had the opportunity to play in a regular season game that actually counts with a starting offensive line and an actual quarterback at under center, uh, mind you last year, that's questionable, but still <laughs> with the starters out there, I feel like he has played well. Dave, you know more than I do. Please tell me that I'm not nuts when I say this. You're you're not nuts. Now they they did give him help. Like he started and played in 2018. Matt Filer got hurt while he was filling in for Gilbert. And they had him active, but they didn't have him play because they were hoping to save him. And but they had Chooks make the start. So he was going up against Von Miller. So he was go, he, up against Von Miller. They, they gave him some help, but guess what? Anybody who goes up against Von Miller at right tackle is probably going to get some help. And he had, and he had a pretty good game going against Von Miller while still having some help with, you know, chipping with the tight end and things like that. Uh, I was at the Rams game last year. And the, the one thing that you didn't see was just a crazy pass rush, things like that from, from the Rams as a whole. That was more of a thing. For that specific game, they trusted Chooks more at right tackle than B.J. Finney at guard. That was the decision, the statement that they made in that move because, uh, like, I, I just feel Matt Filer is interchangeable either place. So they trust they trusted Chooks at tackle more than Finney at guard going up against Aaron Donald, and it paid off for him. So I don't know that Chooks is the answer. I'm not saying – I actually had an article this morning that came out on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com that said – the the actual now this is taking into account no one being drafted yet because you know depending on what happens the draft things could change but if you looked at it right now the the battle for the starting the other starting offensive line spot is between two guys i mean we're not even talking about zach banner right now because we don't know how he is with the pass rush because he's done it so infrequently so that's why and because the steelers has kind of named this as chukes the battle was between a tackle and a guard it's who's going to play better was newski or a core for, and whichever one does better, Filer fills in the other spot. That's how I think the Steelers are going to approach it. Um, my opinion is I think it's I give the edge to Wisniewski because he's already showed that even in a reserve role, look what he did last year. He came in at the very end of the season for the Chiefs when when their guard uh, what Wiley was that his name got injured, yeah, and so. he was able to come back for the Super Bowl their original guard. They didn't even have active because they were staying with Wisniewski because he played so well through the playoffs. So I see him as a type of guy that can just grab the job and roll with it much more than Chooks, who I haven't seen take advantage of his opportunities yet. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, Brian, let me ask you this question. And it's kind of the, the linchpin to this debate that we're having that we had yesterday via text. The continuity on the offensive line... How important is that? In other words, moving Filer to guard 
That's it. I know he's played there, but that's still not where he played in 2019. And then trying to figure out who your right tackle is, that's two moves. Whereas if you keep Filer at tackle and then just have to replace or move one guard, how important is that in your opinion, the continuity along the line? I don't think it's important at all in preseason. In the middle of the season, it's crucial. You don't want to be moving two guys in the middle of the season. But if you uh, if you take Matt Filer and you say in preseason, in training camp, you're the left guard, and you put him there. And uh, so uh, they're fine. And then you're just moving around maybe one guy at right tackle. Then they become interchangeable. Matt Filer doesn't worry me because, like Dave said, he's a guard. He's been doing it all along. He could play both. So he's in his position. He's a G slash T. He's an OL. He's an offensive lineman. You can put him anywhere. But he needs to be there from the start. And that's the bottom line to it. So if they find somebody that they have to uh, move in and out at right tackle and find the right guy, that works. Dave's scenario to me does not work saying that, okay, we'll, we'll have uh, we'll just have Filer be the, the uh, fill in piece and whoever does better, then we'll decide what Filer's position is. I hate that. I mean, Dave, I love you, but I hate that, that scenario. Don't like it at all. Um, and so I don't think it's as important, but back to you, Jeff, from something you said a little bit ago about preseason, it's auditioning and auditioning to me is very important. Back in the early 1970s, there was an audition for Grease the Musical. The producer wrote down, this kid can't dance, can't act, doesn't have a look. So they didn't even let him audition. He auditioned for the movie. We had John Travolta. He was born because he went all out for his audition. So what I'm saying, when you're in training camp for the Steelers, you go all out. When you're in training camp for anyone in the NFL, you go all out and go crazy. And if Chooks is dogging it in the preseason because it's preseason, then I don't want him. I don't know if I so much meant that he was dogging it. I guess I was meaning more along the lines of the, the offensive linemen he was potentially out there with were not as good. And we've seen it before where, you know, when you're playing next to David DeCastro compared to maybe the 91st person on your offseason roster, that's a big difference. But Dave, you know the offensive line better than I do. You played it, you coached it. Is continuity along the line even, is it important to you? It is, but it's not as important as getting the best five guys on the field. Like, for example, if if there's an injury that that, that goes down, you would say that with the Rams. I mean, BJ Ramon Foster was out two games last year. BJ Finney was at guard and Filer was a tackle for one game. The next game, it was Filer at guard, Chooks a tackle. It's 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 more important to have your best five linemen on the field. And in my opinion, Matt Filer would be your best left guard right now. He would also be your best right tackle. So there's there's no argument about Chooks being better than Filer or even Wisniewski being better than Filer. I think Filer is better in yeah. either in either battle. But the, but the, so the question is, where do you use him? And that's why I say, why don't we find out who's better between Wisniewski and a four to see who you feel better? Because once you decide to put Matt Filer, Oh, he's going just to guard. Then you could have Wisniewski who's playing fantastic sitting on the bench. Cause you refuse to move Filer from guard. And then you're kind of stuck with someone who's struggling to tackle. If Filer stays at tackle and Wisniewski's at guard, He's still got to know everything about guard anyway because he's your number one backup at the position because you don't have anyone else there right now. Even if Pouncey goes down, Wisniewski would have to slide to center 
You know, so bottom line is your backups are going to be starting at other places. If Wisniewski starting at guard, some people I've even heard them say, hold out Wisniewski because he could, he could fill in so many different places, but if he's that much better on the offensive line, than your option to right tackle, that doesn't make sense either. Get your best five guys out there, no matter how you have to do it. Well, let's stick with that for a second, Dave. And I want to ask you a question about what you just said. You yeah. just said that Filer is better at tackle and guard than anyone else they have. And I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Not at all. Mm -hmm. In your opinion, which area is more important to secure with the better linemen? In other words, tackle or guard? Is it interior or is it on the outside? This is just your own personal opinion. Mm, that's Well, it kind of depends on what you want to do. Honestly, I would say... I would say put the better player tackle. That's just me. But you also need a player at guard that can pull in your run schemes. So Wisniewski I mean, can't guard, talking. can't pull. No, no, he can absolutely. What I and I would say there's less of a gap between Wisniewski and Filer, in my opinion, at guard. I mean, right. but you're looking at a small sample size with Wisniewski from last year because he didn't play the whole season. I mean, he wasn't even on a roster to start the year. So I don't want to praise him too much just because he. I mean, he was one spot behind David DeCastro at guard in the PFF rankings last year. He was one spot behind DeCastro. But like I said, he, he didn't play a ton of snaps. He barely had enough snaps to qualify. So that's that. If you want to put your better player somewhere, then I would all, personally, because I played tackle, I'd say put him at tackle. But um, more, more importantly, you know, you don't want to put a better lineman at tackle and then have someone who can't play you know, can't play guard, have to play guard. It's, it's, it's all about fit and meshing and everything. It's, it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do. I think they're in a great situation right? because okay. when you had a player yeah. that's one of your best linemen and you can play him basically on four spots on the offensive line, you just figure out who's going to step up in the other spots. I know, Brian, ahead, Brian, what are your thoughts on that? Let me throw this in when I coached. You have uh, two tight ends this year that uh, you know will be on the team, Vance McDonald and Eric Ebron, and none of them are known for their blocking whatsoever. So whoever that right tackle is, is probably going to be out on an island even more. Now, I know there's the Zach Banner possibility of putting him in there, but if he's in there, he's probably in there to run. So as far as pass protecting, whoever's right tackle is going to be on more of an island. Mm -hmm. So you need to think wow. about that as well. And if you're thinking about that, I want Matt Filer a tackle. It, That's is, a is, really good point. But I'll be honest with you, when it comes to a tight end chipping, Vance McDonald is capable to do that. If you're talking about a pass play, he's generally not going to stay in and pass protect. But yeah. Where does Zach Banner Snowman ask this question? And I, I can bring it up on the screen for everyone to see, but is, is Zach Banner even part of the mix here? I mean, we're talking about Chooks, we're talking about Philo, we're talking about Wisniewski. And heck, sometimes we're even talking about draft picks before we're talking about Zach Banner. So like, where does Zach Banner fall in this whole scheme? I know, Brian, you actually are a card-carrying member of the Zach Banner fan club. That's hey. not a joke. He loves Zach Banner. He called for Zach Banner to make the team, but while no one else did. So I give you credit for that. What are your thoughts on Banner there, Brian? Well, think about his college career. Who was his quarterback? He was the best lineman for USC, and he kept Sam Darnold not only alive, but helped make him the number three pick in the draft. So he was their best offensive lineman at the time. He's a fourth round draft pick. Everyone's saying that uh, there's a small sample size and they don't know what he can do, but obviously he was able to do something in college. I think the guy is a, 
is uh, I know it's his nickname. He's a Hulk of a man. He's a good player. Um, we've seen him mostly as a run blocker. I don't think that there's anything that he did that uh, was egregious as for last year. We just have not seen him as a pass protector, but that's something that they work on in Latrobe and in mini camps uh, and they work on that stuff. So we'll see. Basically it's a battle between Chooks and Banner for, for that job. Probably if that's the way they're going to do it. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, it's the big question mark with him is his is his pass protection. Now, granted, he was he was out of the NFL because he he got too big, and then he's lost the weight and he's found the love again. I don't know about his. I, I haven't been able to really see his footwork in pass protection enough to know that he's a better option than Chooks. I mean, the whole reason, as long as the the report from Steel City Insider is correct, it seems like the Steelers have already said that they would put Chooks over banner last year when it came time to actually start someone they went with chooks over banner and i think it has more about pass blocking but i'm not saying that banner can't do it boy it would be nice if he just kind of comes in and, and says you know what we're moving father to guard because i'm going to grab this spot i'm going to blow them all out of the water boy wouldn't that be a great problem to have yeah it, the one thing that so we talk about all this stuff i mean you think about we're, we're really digging deep into the offensive line and the possibilities after the addition of Wisniewski and Lachooks and Banner and Filer's versatility. My goodness, how this changes the upcoming draft. I mean, because we've said it before and we'll say it a million times up until that Thursday, the Steelers can literally take a best player available approach to the 2020 NFL draft. You know, I'm, I'm going to put out on Monday my team – needs 2.0 where it's as i continue to think about it as we go through our shows and we talk it out um where do things fall i i, I think i said inside linebacker last week was one and i had wide receiver two in my opinion wide receiver has been bumped down and offensive line has moved up because i i was reading a couple articles this week from trusted sources like some people from the draft network that said that you could get a starter ready with receiver in rounds three, maybe even late round three or four. Like that's how deep the wide receiver class is that. Yeah. They have the electrifying guys early, but you're still going to be able to capable of get some good receivers in the middle rounds. And that's that, that intrigued me. And I made, okay, well maybe we don't need a wide receiver in round two, but guys, if, if this draft class is so tackle heavy that you all say it is, you know, better than I do. Is is tackle on the board for the Steelers in round two? Or well, what are you thinking, Dave? Go ahead. Flat up best player available is what's on the board for round two, in my opinion. I am um, that's okay. I mean, well, it's let, a possibility. Let me it, it, okay, it definitely okay, is one. I wouldn't say ah, oh, we're gonna shy away from him because he's a tackle. Okay, well let's 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 do this this way. If there's a really good tackle that could potentially start early in his career. Okay, maybe not day one, but maybe midway through the season. And then there's also a pass rusher that would provide depth, but it's not going to start. So you have tackle, pass rusher. Dave, where are you going? Oh, my. That's a really tough decision. <laughs> that, Brian, you really think is. about it, too, because I'm going to ask yeah, you. Yeah, it would, it would honestly, I, I, I almost answer. think it would. My, my answer is going to be, okay, we've got both of these guys. My instant thought is this, and this is me from just drafting fantasy stuff. I think about what could I get late? Which one of those two positions would also be available later if I take the other one now? 
And I don't know that I have the answer to that question. Sorry if I'm giving you a Dave answer, but uh, <laughs> I actually like that. But I, honestly, I, I, get I that. would. Yeah, that if tackle was so deep, and you think you could get another one in the next round, but the edge rushers are running out, then you take the edge rusher. If it's the other way around, you do the other way around. Okay. What about you, Brian? You said you know your answer. Go for it. I'm going pass rusher because here's the deal. If if you think that pass rusher might not be ready for year one, but uh, could probably step in in a pinch or will be ready for year two, because that's really, if you pick an edge rusher, um, the uh, best case scenario is he's ready for year two because you don't think Bud Dupree is going to be around. So if you have a, a pass rusher you think is going to be pretty darn good, you probably take him there. Um, if one, I'm still thinking that if one of the uh, top running backs fall, you might see them grow. I mean, grabbing uh, Dobbins or Taylor, they're probably going to look, uh, look that way too. So back to Jeff's point, best player available. They're go. they're going to have a lot of options and they're going to be looking at a board going, wow, we've got a tough decision to make. We could pick this guy, this guy, and this guy, and they're all be good. So let's just, we got to make that decision. And there's going to be even though the uh, draft room is going to be smaller this year, usually it's going to be a position coach saying, we want this guy. We like all these voices coming at them. So with three guys in the room, they're going to make that decision based on uh, what they think is going to be best for the team and their uh, needs now, just not for this year, but for next year, because next year is a part of the window. Yeah, I like those answers, both of you guys. And the BP, I'm, I, I don't know about you all. Even though they don't have a first round pick, I'm really excited for this draft. I, I don't know why. Like, I am really excited. There's a lot of intrigue, but I want to ask you all, did, Brian. You just kind of brought it up. I'll ask you first. This virtual draft. I mean, I believe that. And Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. Roger Goodell sent out a memo saying that everyone's going to be in that, that, that. You're going to be at your house. Like there's not going to be a war room at the UPMC Sports Rooney facility on the south side of, of Pittsburgh where Mike Tomlin, Dan, uh, Art Rooney II, and Kevin Colbert are going to be in a room. From what I've understood is that Mike Tomlin's going to be at his house, Dan Rooney's going to be at his house, and Kevin Colbert's going to be at his. And it's not just for the Steelers. It's obviously for the entire NFL. But, Brian, go first. How could this potentially impact the decision-making process when it comes to doing a virtual draft it feels like a fantasy football draft with you and your buddies except at a much grander scale what do you think brian well they're going to be there's going to be another monitor to the side probably if i'm doing it with a zoom meeting with nine or ten guys on that zoom meeting and they're all talking on that meeting and then they turn here and make the pick so there's going to be voices coming at i mean it's going to be like they're all in the same room probably on a zoom yeah i mean that's that's the way i would do it if we were making decisions I mean, how many Zoom meetings have you guys been on or as part of organizations? We've, <laughs> I've been on a lot of them. Too many. And uh, so, uh, you know, that's probably what they'll be doing. I, think I haven't that, done one yet. Not missing much. It, it's <laughs> my chaotic. Kids have, my wife has, but I haven't done one yet. <laughs> it is definitely chaotic. But, uh, you know, if it's facilitated right, you're still going to get the opinions. Everybody's going to get their chance to talk. There might be a little more talking over. But I think war rooms will be set up if the three of us were doing it. I mean, we're not on an island because we're going to have a chance to talk to other people and we're going to have huge boards. I bet you I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, send out to Office Depot and have uh, big shipments to um, every assistant coach's house. <laughs> and they have these huge whiteboards <laughs> in the room with all these uh, dry erase markers and they're setting them up that way. I, that's probably what I do. 
And if they're if they don't, they're probably missing the boat. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What about you, Dave? How do you think the virtual draft's going to impact things? I think the, the the biggest thing that it'll impact is I think we'll get less trades just because teams are going to, I mean, with the time crunch and how you have to communicate with people in this way, if you just kind of take trades a little bit more off the board, then that's just one less thing you have to deal with, with, with doing it virtually. Now watch, because I say that there'll be an explosion of trades just because, well, if people trade it's because you know exactly who you want, you know, that, which, which could be the flip side of it. But if I were to guess, I would say less trades teams, just figuring out what they're going to do for their pick and then just rolling with it. I guess for me, I think about what this could mean. Yeah. I heard on the radio sports talk radio the other day, someone was asked, it was a, former player, like, what do you think this is going to do to the draft? He said, I think there's going to be less, less teams willing to take a flyer on a player. Because if you think about it, they have their tape from their college season. They have the combine. If they tested at the combine, there's no pro days. There were no pre-draft meetings in person. And so a lot of teams might not feel like they truly have a good grasp. He said, so this is going to be twofold. I really liked his answer. He said, number one, he said, early in the draft, you're going to be picking players that you know have are known commodities. You're not going to be as willing to take a risk on a player. But he said that the flip side of that is that there's going to be a lot of value in the, in the middle rounds to the late rounds because people are afraid, possibly afraid to take that run, to take that gamble on that one prospect. So as a Steeler fan, who doesn't have a first round pick that that was like, that's great news for the Steelers. If that ends up playing out that, you know, because maybe, maybe teams aren't as willing to take that risk. So we'll, we'll see how it pans out. I think it's going to be really weird, really weird. The timing is going to be weird. Are they giving them more time? Do we know than normal between picks, Dave? I have not heard that yet. That was something that I want to know myself because you would think that they could do that just because of the inconvenience of everything. But at the same time, putting it on T I don't know how they're going to do it on TV either. What are we, what are we going to be able to see? I don't know. You're, you'll probably see I, from what I gathered from pro football talk, they said that ESPN is going to basically be the main, the it's going to be on the NFL network as well, but it's going to be ESPN. That's going to be the driver here. And you'll probably just have a couple guys, sitting behind a desk, they'll be talking. And then all of a sudden they'll say, okay, it picks in. And then they'll probably go to a video screen and maybe it'll be Goodell at the league office or at his home. I don't know. And they'll say that the, with the first overall pick, the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow. And then they're immediately going to go to Joe Burrow's house because they're going to have cameras set up. I believe that there's going to be something like 40 some prospects that are going to have cameras set up in their house um, to get their reaction to have an interview afterwards. It's just going to be strange. People like yes. uh, Wang, Wang Harbs, he's worried about hackers, Brian. He's worried about you hacking into a system and drafting a long snapper in the first round. I'm already working on it, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you know what, guys? I actually think that this can be business as usual. 
if you make it business as usual. Um, you mentioned pro days, Jeff. Uh, Jalen Rager from uh, TCU, a guy that's uh, been linked to the Steelers, linked uh, a lot higher, a very uh, electric 4-3 uh, um, type receiver. Um, here's a guy that uh, could go either round one or round two. He did a pro day the other day. Of course, it was a virtual pro day, and he sent the video to everybody so you don't have guys – with their own timers at that pro day, but at least to send something out. I think you'll see that uh, a few more times in, in the next couple of weeks, um, actually less than two weeks, but you'll see uh, prospects sending stuff out to the league. So all the teams could evaluate in their own pro day if they didn't go. But for me, like I mentioned before, I think we could make this as normal as possible for every team, just with organization. I mean, if you organize it the way you don't have to be in the same room to make good decisions. Now, you asked Dave the question, and the question he asked him was about uh, um, extra time. Now, there's a lot of proposals still being thrown out there. Kevin Colbert asked for three more draft picks for each team. Yeah. He wants three more rounds. He he thinks it should be a 10-round draft because so they can evaluate more. That, and That undrafted free agent flurry after the end of the round seven it's is gonna be going crazy. to be crazy i mean it's uh, from what i understand it's crazy anyway but now you're dealing with trying to get a hold of people that you can't i mean it's just going to be more difficult to do it it's it's going to be interesting i heard the but, nfl shot down the extra rounds he wanted three extra rounds yes and i heard that they shot that down they said that it's not they're not going to do that so i don't know I, but i'm excited and I think Steeler fans are excited. Shockingly, you know, from, you know, Dave and Brian and I, we all write for the website and you, know, you put out these articles and there is shockingly an amount. There's, there's an excitement about this draft. Maybe it's because the Steelers defense is starting to turn into an elite force. Maybe it is because Ben Roethlisberger is projected to be back and healthy, or maybe it's because for the first time, and I don't know how long a best player available approach actually fits the script. And I, I could be wrong. It's just my opinion, but there is an excitement there. And I think that's really good, really good. So um, we'll see. We, we shall see. Um, go ahead, Dave. We're going to say something. I, I was going to say one thing when we were talking about the Matt Filer thing that sure. I just, I wanted to, to bring this up as, as late as possible. Um, there was a poll in my article today. So from behindthestillcurtain.com, uh -huh. we, we, you had three options of where should Matt Filer play in 2020. It was he should play tackle because he played great there last year. He should play guard because he'd be returning to his natural position. Or he should play either and figure out um, who else is better at either position since Filer could play either one. And the vote, the vote so far, you know, it's it's early still, so there's still it's only like two hundred and fifty some votes. But fifty four percent said to go either, you know, figure out who's better at the other place and then put Filer at the other. Twenty six percent said have him go back to guard and only 20% said to keep him a tackle for sure. But I think a lot of the tackle people probably All voted right. either. So yeah, that's the You're results. Right. So there you go. Um, it's an, it's Easter. Let's spend the last few minutes. Yeah. What are y'all doing today? Uh, anything exciting, Brian, what is, what's your family doing? Obviously we're quarantined. <laughs> we got up early. Um, the Easter baskets were out. Um, the Easter bunny came for my, uh, my daughter and, uh, cause we only do, uh, Easter bunny only comes for, uh, 
you have to be below uh, sixth grade to come to our house. And so uh, this is her final year being a fifth grader. Uh, we watched church on, uh, we watched the live stream of the Easter mass as a family, which uh, <laughs> trying to get my kids to sit down for that. And uh, like they're in church was almost impossible. Um, we even had, uh, my son made a pancake. So we had the pancake host for communion. So we, <laughs> we did that. Then the, uh, <laughs> then the, the, the dogs stole the pancake hosts and it was, uh, it was just a pandemonium. We're going to have a nice Easter ham pretty soon. Um, it's, it's just a, it's just a nice family day. And I just asked my wife, I said, Hey, do you mind if I go on, uh, go on the show a little bit? And she's like, oh, hey go have fun. So, you know, this is uh, my regular family and my BTSC family, 81 of us spending it together. It feels good. Dave, what about you? Yeah, I wish my wife gave me the same reaction. She's like, really? You've got stuff to do. But no, I'm here. I'm 10 minutes past when I said I'd be done, but that's all right. Um, no, we got up. It's funny because I forgot to set my alarm. I actually slept in some this morning. And uh, so the kids were chomping at the bit, but uh, we but then we, they were able to, to go into our family room to get their Easter baskets. We, like I said, we don't do a ton of candy. We actually do more toys because we don't want them eating so much bad stuff. Um, but they had some. It's inside the eggs that they find. And so we, we did all that stuff. And uh, uh, my, my daughter had her virtual youth group meeting from church. And then, you know, we watched church on the, on the computer like everyone is having to do this Easter. And um, that were just kind of relaxing for the afternoon and, It'll be kind of a typical Sunday, but if you're looking for something different to do just because it's Easter, um, there if if you're familiar with the with the theater Sight and Sound, there's one in Lancaster, PA, and one in Branson, Missouri. Um, one of their 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 Jesus production is is currently um, online for free for the weekend. So if you're like, oh, I should do something because it's Easter, that's we we checked we we checked that out last night. It was a really good performance. Now, since you brought that up, we, we watched a little bit. My kids, um, you know, today was, it, it was really an eerie day. We woke up, I woke up and worked out. That's status quo. Um, and then once everyone got up and rolling, uh, we went for a nice long walk. And we actually walked up near the church where we would normally be going to and here in our, our town. And it was just eerie. It's Easter Sunday and it's completely vacant. Not one car in sight. Yeah. The kids are riding their bikes all around the parking lot like crazy lunatics. And uh, I was like, man, this is just weird. But speaking of that, if you haven't checked out, if you are someone that sell that is obviously a believer and celebrates Easter holiday, I recommend everyone check out a show called The Chosen. Um, it's a free app on your phone. If you have a Roku or something like that, you can project it onto your television. It is eight episodes long, and my kids and I have absolutely just it's, – it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Very good production about – it's only the first season, and they're funding the second season now. I'm not going to get into details on that, but I basically – and right now after this, i got to go fire up the grill. We're, I'm grilling some pork shoulders and pork butts for dinner tonight, and we're going to have a nice family dinner. I've got FaceTime scheduled with my family here coming up in a few minutes so essentially i want everyone here in the live chat to know that we wish them a happy easter if you celebrate it if not we wish you a happy sunday you know we wish you all the best last but certainly not least snowman puts five dollars in the tip jar and says do you see the steelers taking a middle linebacker at number 49 real quick guys what do you think i think it's far down the list so i'm going to say no i I think it's far down the list too, but with best player available, I I ran, I just did the the draft simulation thing that Jeff put on the website, and I ended up with an inside linebacker at forty nine because 
a first round player ended up there. It was Patrick Queen, the linebacker out of LSU, was available at 49 when he was projected in the 20s. So I'm like, best player available. I'll take him. So I don't think it's outside the possibility, but it would really have to be someone really good that drops. Yeah. I, I don't know. Best player available. We'll go with that. <laughs> Yeah. All right, gentlemen, you guys joined me. I was going to do this solo, but you all were kind enough to join me today to help talk mm-hmm. this out. Um, I thought it was a good show, really good show. Real quick to the point, we appreciate your time. We appreciate anyone that's watching live on YouTube. Remember, you can follow us on YouTube by going to BTSC Steelers Radio. And if you're an audio listener, remember, shows won't be published till around noon the following day. So it's only been two hours. Brian and Lance's show was just published about two and a half hours ago because it's a YouTube thing. Um Michael O'Malley, thumbs up. We well, appreciate actually, it. Everyone liked the video. Brian, you put you out your email again, didn't you? Yeah, I was trying to put my email up, and I hit the wrong thing, so I, I apologize. B.A. Davis, B.A. Davis, 8889 at gmail.com. There it is on the screen. Send him an email if you're interested in being a part of that community draft. Guys, thanks for your time. Everyone, have a safe day. Be safe, be strong. We'll see you next time for another Homer and Hater Show.